episode 38. This is the Rojo Show. Um, I just want to start off with the hashtag. Uh, what you be saying? Free your, free your mind? Free your soul. Free your soul. <laughs> I got I got a long time player partner in right now. Um, me and him, we shared a, a life-changing experience in about in 2000 when we spent the summer abroad. Um, France, Spain, Italy, 28 days. Yep, yep. Um, yep. Part of the People to People uh, Student Ambassador Program. And um, just want to introduce my man, Matthew Ross. <laughs> Ding the bell for Matt Ross in the crib right now. What's Free your soul. On? What's going on, man? Um, chilling, bro. Really excited to see you. Happy to see you. I've been, I've been following your, your moves uh-huh. online. You know what I'm saying? Proud from afar. Yeah, it's been, it's been a couple years since, since we ran into each other. Most man. definitely. Ain't nothing changed. If you haven't, just want to run down and help me with this. Just want to run down a quick little resume of shit that's been going on with you. Uh-huh. Um, you was kicked out of the uh, the, <laughs> the city prep breakfast. Yeah, that's yep. what it was, right? It was the city press. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. For um, you was yelling sixteen shots in the cover up. Yes, sir. <laughs> My nigga. <laughs> um, you are uh, you are well known on Rami Manuel's block. Yes, sir. Being in front of the crib, not yeah. letting him get no sleep. Yep, it's going to get warmer, so we're going to be out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, heavy in the protests against Anita Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Um, constantly downtown in the in the marches and the protests and, and been a part, been somewhat, from what I see, somewhat of a spearhead of what's been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, tell me about it, bro. What's been, um, like, what, what, what? sparked you to getting into this well how did this happen or oh, no 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 no. let's let's start here because i know you as i know you as jan sport <laughs> <laughs> i know you as jan sport in the, uh, in the, the jordan trunners <laughs> we was running across europe oh my goodness you remember the shoes <laughs> the green and black yeah <laughs> so let's start from there um people to people Yes. What do you remember from that trip? And uh, people, the people was uh, like you said, a life changing experience. Like we, you know, we everywhere from the interview process. You know, I mean, that one being one of the first interviews that you took. I mean, we were in eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, interview processes that you had to take seriously. Uh, to actually getting accepted, yep. you know, that's big for a 12, 13-year-old, um, to go into the classes. All um, the way out there in re- Flossmoor. Yeah, Flossmoor. With no GPS. <laughs> no, not at all. This MapQuest paper. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, to doing the, uh, the assignments, uh, researching these countries and, and all that stuff, to all the group activity, um, uh, group uh, bonding skills and all of that stuff, getting to know one another, all the way to the plane trip, going all the way over there with one another, uh, you know, meeting the new folks, staying with families, you know, going to these uh, wonders of the world and eating different foods that we signed the contract to, that we, that <laughs> that we, that we would at least eat. try. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, everywhere, all the way to, uh, Finding brothers, you know, just a couple of us on the trip and, and a couple sisters, but, you know, really some brothers that uh, we all stuck together. Um, you, yourself, Jared, 
uh, Timmy Tope, Alla Tosin, Alla Day, Alla She, Ashi Fosin, and Joseph McCullough. That was the Joe that Joe. was the rap pack right there. Yeah, you know, and uh, it was a life changing experience. And somehow, some way, it still, you know, some uh, in some ways leads right to what we're talking about. Definitely, now with, definitely. With the race. So it was about uh, let's say it was twenty five of us. Uh huh. It was twenty five of us. Um, not many of us from the city. Mm hmm. Like, I feel like, like me and you was definitely from the city. I feel like Tope was from the Burbs. Mm-hmm. He was. Um, Joseph might have been from the city. He, he was from the Burbs. He was from the Burbs, yeah. too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, like, outside of us, Tiffany. She was from out there. She was from the Burbs. I'm, I'm just trying to count yeah. off black people out of Lauren, this. Lauren. Lauren. She, she was from, from the Burbs. Yeah. Um, and then it was that the one girl that <laughs> that I got in trouble for talking about because oh. <laughs> <laughs> somehow somehow if we find out that she didn't she had a weird smell about her yeah, or something, something I don't know fishy. I don't know she was kind of, I mean she was kind of cute actually yeah. but I heard she had I don't, and then it was this one other chick who like might have been mixed oh she was bad she was bad. Uh, she was bad. Lisa. Yeah. Was, yeah Lisa yeah, was, I was bad. I'm just trying to find her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sliding the DMs. But, um, so out of, out of 28, 25 to 28, like 25 to 30 kids, mm-hmm. there was maybe eight black kids. Mm-hmm. And then we'll say maybe two or three from the city, from the city which, you know, I don't, I don't want to put, I don't want to say we was real niggas, but nah, I mean, we, we was... You, we you was were, kids from the city, yeah, city yeah. kids. I mean, which is if you if you're from Chicago, if you're from any uh, metropolitan area, mm-hmm. you know that there's a difference from city kids uh-huh. and suburban kids. And where you grew up, uh, Beverly? I grew up in Beverly. And yeah. I'm right down. I was right down down the street uh, across from Beverly Evergreen. For sure. So, <laughs> I, well, yeah. So, so we wasn't. <laughs> yeah, we so wasn't. We wasn't. Kids. We wasn't exactly. We wasn't on the low end. Right. 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 That being said, we still from from the city. Still a and, big difference. And, and the other thing is, I mean, it was some folks, some white kids from the city, right? So like uh, Jessica Nowicki. Okay. You know, they, but they live downtown, so you can see the disparity in you know uh, the experiences. The, 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 yeah, even if you're in the city, right? You know, and us being on the outskirts in the city, but in decent neighborhoods, you still get treated yeah. a little bit differently, and Definitely. your experiences are a little bit different. Definitely. So, um, I feel like I, I feel like I didn't I didn't meet you until we actually got to Europe. True. Like I feel like I didn't really. I, we was never in a group together no, on a project no. or nothing. Whenever they paired us off or like split us up into groups, mm-hmm. I feel like they tried to keep us yeah. separated. But but what did we find out? Like the last couple of days, me and you went to preschool together, and we played in the basketball league together. Right, at, right, uh, right. Up, up at, in the uh, Hayes Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we ain't even know till the last day. Okay, I went. To, I went to Beverly Hills Preschool. And I, yeah, we okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> definitely, I definitely went to Beverly with uh, Miss Dee Dee. Yeah, Miss Dee Dee and Miss KK or something like that. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, right. So, I, I I really didn't feel like we met until we got to Europe, mm-hmm. and that was when you know we did the whole like you know, 
I mean, as as black people do, you find each other. It's tribalism. If y'all don't have nothing else in common, mm-hmm. you got that you yep. got that color thing yep. in common. So mm-hmm. there's that comes with a certain amount of experiences mm-hmm. and, and and respect. <laughs> yep. So um from day one, when we came down to dinner, mm-hmm. it was me, you, Tope, and Joseph. Yep. At the table. Yep. Every day. Yep. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yep. And um by by the second week, mm-hmm. the counselors was like, we, we can't have that. <laughs> we need y'all to break up. Yeah. And um, we ch- we had some trickery. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We would sit at sit tables until food came out uh-huh. and then we'd switch seats. Or, you know, we might not eat together at breakfast, but uh-huh. we'd eat together at lunch and dinner yeah. or whatever, whatever. Um me and you never roomed together. I no. did room with Tope once. And I had Joseph one time. Yeah, but mm-hmm. other than that, I was we definitely wasn't on the mm-hmm. homestays together. Not, they wasn't having all. that at all. I think they for the most part, me and you was the uh with the real reals. <laughs> they they yeah. didn't want to put us together. Yeah, at all. not at all. <laughs> and just our personalities, I mean we um I mean we I feel like the the group would agree. That to a certain extent, at a certain point, like we were definitely like leaders of the delegation. Yeah. yeah. Like if there was gonna be any decisions made, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when it came time when we was picking music on the bus and shit, yeah. like we was definitely DJing. Yeah. It was Bob Marley. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, they got mad when everybody wanted to hit a thong song. <laughs> and I just happened to have a cassette. I mean, what was I supposed to do? You know. Yep. But um, that was a uh, that was a crazy experience. In terms of where we were, um, you know, definitely the things we were being exposed to, the the le- uh, the things we were exposed to, um, and then you know, like I said, like the fact that you know they saw our unity. We was never into no bullshit. Nope, like we was nope. never Not at all. loud and rowdy. Or, I mean, we, was, we had fun. We, yeah, we had fun. <laughs> definitely, yeah. we was never on no bullshit. We was never you know fucking around on the wild. There was there was never a reason. Where we could say, hey, we need to chill because mm-hmm. they might try to break us up exactly. or they might try to pull us apart exactly. from each other. But they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't successful. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they definitely tried to, to drive their wedge mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, which brings us to a lot of what Matt is involved in, uh, what I speak about on this podcast, and what's, what's currently relevant um, in the world today in terms of uh, the black experience. Um, hurdles and and attempts to um, attempts to affect us on a on a life living le- level. Mm-hmm. So um, let's just jump into that, bro. Like so so obviously I ran down some of the things that's been going on with you in in your protesting process. Uh-huh. What um you know like tell me about your childhood. Like what what is there anything from there that you can pick out or that you can identify as Something that would have you on this path, or that something that would have you interested in this kind of uh, in this kind of protest, in this kind of um... well, uh, <clears throat> like I said, we grew up in pretty good neighborhoods, sure. and uh, you know, it didn't it didn't bother me back then. I may have been aware of it um, growing up in, in Chicago. I, I I literally lived across the street from Evergreen. Sure. Uh, if you guys don't know, Evergreen is is, is the uh, 
subdivision uh, right outside of Chicago that uh, 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 took Jackie Robinson West. Uh, right. <laughs> out, uh, their world championship S- away. Snitched on them. Yeah, snitched on them. Yeah. Although they should have been proud to be from the same area, same state, same city. Um, but uh, they have a reputation of being a certain way towards certain people that look like myself and Jared. For sure. Um, but it was worse back then. Uh we we couldn't go we couldn't go across eighty seventh into Evergreen. Um we couldn't ride our bikes over there, not not because uh any any uh, uh legal uh not because there's any laws <clears throat> that said that we couldn't, but just because we knew if we went over there uh, it was gonna be something uh, that they came up with to to get us in trouble. Uh, for instance, there was a playground over there, uh, and it said you couldn't play in it, you know, if you didn't live in Evergreen. Mm. Now back then, Evergreen was all white, right, right. so we couldn't play in that playground. But um, they used to come across the street and recruit us to come play baseball over there. Though. Mm, okay, <laughs> of course they. Would. So that's what what Jackie Robinson. Uh, g- got found out about some kids that lived two blocks out of out of the area. Um, you know, it, it was funny to me because that's all they used to do was come over to Chicago and, and try to get us to come play over there. Right. Uh, so those experiences didn't bother me as a child, but looking back, you know, you can see that you know racial tension and division has always been there. Um, just being the only black person. Uh, everywhere, everything I ever did, I was, you know, I played baseball. It was all black, uh, white folks over there. Uh, with no black folks in our community, it's me and, and my boy Adam. Um, they went to Morgan Park uh, later on, but it it was no black people where we grew up. I went on to wrestling, um, you know, and it was predominantly white, right. You know, if you everything that I did was you know predominantly white, uh, the people the people trip to uh, to Europe yep. predominantly white. Everything that you did, good. Right. See, that's the thing. Right. right. <laughs> everything. The, the reason that I'll do what I do now is because I've done everything, quote unquote, right. Sure. What I'm supposed to do, I went to school. Sure. I did the extra career. I succeeded. I, wrestling, everything I did, I done, you know, to the best of my ability and been at the top of my class in doing that. Right. But at the end of the day, when I pull out of my garage, I, to some folks, I look like Laquan McDonald. Yeah. I can't go, uh, I can't go a week without getting pulled over. You know, all of that stuff. So all of that, my pedigree and my background, everything I did good don't mean nothing sure. to somebody that doesn't know me, and that's a it's a problem. Definitely, definitely. I'm from uh, from Beverly, mm-hmm. which is still in Chicago, yep. but it has a name for a reason. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Beverly is predominantly an Irish, Irish uh, neighborhood, largest in the nation, one of the largest Irish neighborhoods in the nation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, there are black people that live in Beverly. Now. Now. <laughs> um, when I was younger, 
there my block. So I live on like the last block of Beverly, which yeah. is uh, Vanderpool. Yep. And the next block after that is Ashland. And once you hit Ashland, it's you yeah. basically <laughs> you basically on the extension yeah. of, uh, of 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 Inglewood, um, of mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Morgan Park Academy mm-hmm. again. One of the first, one of the only black kids in my class. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I, I wasn't the only, but like I was definitely one of the only ones that was like in the city kind of experiencing city shit. That's good. What, what year you graduated from? Uh, well, I left Morgan Park Academy in fifth grade and okay. I went to Kellogg. Oh, oh yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah. what we was playing. Okay. Um, yeah, that's what we was playing yeah. basketball and shit. So yeah, so um, not, didn't really experience a lot of, um, I mean, I experienced some racial shit at Morgan Park Academy, mm-hmm. but it's a private school. Mm-hmm. So everybody pays to go there. Yeah. So it's like, you know, uh, it's more of a classist thing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure if I had been there more through high school, mm-hmm. then it would have been a different situation because, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have got a car when all of my other classmates yeah. would have got cars mm-hmm. or wouldn't have had money to go on class trips the way they was mm-hmm. and shit like that. But um, I was blessed early on, mm-hmm. and then, you know, when, when things changed, I ended up going to Kellogg, mm-hmm. which is still a very good school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But we were across the street from the school called Christ the King. Yeah. Christ the King was an all-white school, mm-hmm. an all-white Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually, um, Kellogg actually ended up getting out of school an hour early mm-hmm. because the black kids from Kellogg and the white kids from Christ the King used to always fight. Mm-hmm. So we ended up getting released from school a half hour, uh, I think like an hour earlier just to get us out the way. Mm-hmm. So these little white kids, they had their time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Definitely had a couple of my boys, um, you know, somewhat get befriended by Christ the King kids. Uh They'll be riding around on their bikes. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, two more of their white friends will show up and Mm -hmm. they'll be like, hey, nigga, get off that bike. Uh We taking that. We taking that new dino. We taking that Royce Union (laughs) off their hands. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. (laughs) So, again, not not really a sweet situation. Um, But... Early on, I was kind of kind of thrusted into these racial predicaments mm-hmm. and these racial situations, which I can kind of say for both of us hasn't necessarily soured us mm-hmm. on white people. Mm-hmm. Like we're still not, you know, on some you know fuck all you crackers type yeah, shit. Exactly. But <laughs> <laughs> I will say that there is a um, Um, I I will say that I'm not surprised Mm -hmm. when racial situations come up or when that, when that, um, when that, uh, natural, when that, that natural conqueror comes out Mm -hmm. and they want to, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of call shots or, uh, or be, uh, demonstrative or, uh, or separate, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So I, I. I don't want to say I deal with white people at arm's length because I got some white friends that are pretty close, mm-hmm. but I do feel like I reserve the right mm-hmm. to um, to expect you to flip uh-huh. or expect you to kind of maybe be on some bullshit sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I feel like that's something that kids that grow up in black neighborhoods don't really get. Exactly, and either it either goes one or two ways. They either have like this this strong disdain for white people, mm-hmm. where they just don't fuck with them at all, mm-hmm. or it's like they have this. Uh, 
I mean, the only I, I don't want to describe it like this because it's gonna come off shitty, but this like puppy dogish kind of thing where it's like if white people are nice to you or pay attention to you, mm-hmm. then you're like all on the white people bandwagon, uh-huh. and yeah. I don't want to turn they, this into they, a, they give you validation. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, in a way that you know it, which is. I mean, I guess it's cool or whatever, mm-hmm. but you should have you should have self validation, yeah, of course, yep. first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You should definitely have knowledge of self first mm-hmm. and appreciate that before before you know the um, the the college graduate student yeah. comes and volunteers at your grammar school uh-huh. and tells you, "Oh my God, Ronald, you're so smart!" <laughs> and then you run around like, "Oh well, you I'm know, Miss Jenny said I'm smart." Well, no, nigga, you should know that you're smart on your uh-huh. own. And yeah. Miss Jenny is just recognizing something that's already been mm, there. Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, so um, so yeah, uh, political background in terms of that is just having a um. I guess I can speak for both of us when I say just having experiences that have um, kind of shaped and formed um, our opinion of not only other people, but our people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also wanting our people to do better. Exactly. Um, <laughs> the Black Lives Matter thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we both agree Black Lives Matter. Like, that's not even a conversation to be had. Uh-huh. Um, how do you feel, though... When white people respond to that saying, well, black lives don't matter to black people. Why should they matter to us? Oh, man. That's that's the $10,000 question. I know. Right I, know. I, I saved it up for you. Uh, <laughs> I, know you I hope you got an answer for me. Black, okay. So, <clears throat> this is my... And my, my answer to this is ever-evolving. <laughs> <laughs> Which is okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So when we look at uh, like the the term "Black Lives Matter" and, and and white folks say, well, you know, they bring up all the killing in the neighborhood, and you know, you you know, you guys don't protest when when this happens and that, which is a lie. But uh, when I. My my thing now is, and and I'll be I'm gonna be preaching on this uh, the seven last words um, on, 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 on Easter, on, yeah, on Good okay. Friday. Okay, okay. All right. So, anytime that you find a fault in someone or in the people, and and you think that you you have the answer, so. So I'll ask when they ask me that question, why don't black black lives matter to black people? Uh, I ask and ask them the question, you know, what do you think the problem is in the black community, the biggest problem? And I ask black folks that too because they can't give me a, a, a good answer. So some people say, you know, it's uh, the parents they not being parents, right? Or the the, uh, the the school system they not doing what they supposed to do. Or, you know, y'all just don't, y'all hate each other and blah, 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 blah. And I say, you know, all of those variables variables play a, a part into what's going on. But anytime you think you found the answer, ask the question, why? Okay. Okay. So if it's the parents, why? Then we got to get deeper into it. Why are the parents like that? We didn't just come over here, you know, from Africa and then do all those years of slavery, then come to Reconstruction, 
and, and all that stuff, then one day we'd be like, you know what, we're not taking care of our kids no more. Right. It's a it's a reason. Right. And if you continue to ask those questions, you'll find that the reason is systematic. It's sure. systemic. Right? It was set up that way. You know, it and it took time. So when you talk about parents not being around the, their children, you know, you could look you could look back at, at uh, look back at the time where they were and then where that divide came. You start talking about people in, in the projects, which wasn't a bad thing, coming up through great migration, coming to the city, uh, living in, uh, in 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 the neighborhood in unity. If somebody couldn't pay their rent, they have a rent party, right? You know, pay each other's rent. All of that good stuff, just community, tribal kind of stuff that we take care of each other with with having the little resources that we had. Um, and then you slowly start to take those resources away, you know, and, and, and fathers can't provide for their children and, and their wives anymore. Right. And then you throw something else in there that, that you know, may not be legal, but they can provide for their children and their wife, you know, selling drugs or whatever. And then you start... Uh, giving them an, an illegal way to, to provide, and then you lock them up for it. And so that's the same thing as separating the, the father from their family on the True. slave block. Definitely. You know, so, and then, you know, all of these, uh, every time a white person, you know, get, get in trouble for killing somebody, it's always mental illness and blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, it, it's so, so much... Uh, 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 in the black community deal with crime and, and violence did, all of that deal with mental illness definitely PTSD definitely if you're going to stand up for a veteran a soldier you know for saying that they've been in you know they've been traumatized from what they've seen over abroad then you most definitely have to address that when these kids are seeing dead bodies hearing gunshots every day uh but we don't want to address that because as a black folk, we don't address that. Sure. You know, so it's layers upon layers upon layers of stuff that, you know, we only take at, and not just white folks, but black folks as well don't don't take the time to dig deep into that stuff um, that play a big role in what, that uh, play a big role in what goes on in the black community, Definitely. you know, it's not just it's not just surface, not superficial. It's real, real, real deep. It's yeah. deep, and don't nobody want to go, you know, dig that deep because it's easy to just put a label on, you know, uh, uh, like I'm gonna be preaching on on the thief, okay, on the cross, okay. He may have been a thief, but what I mean, why, what? <laughs> Why did why was he stealing? Right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why was why was he stealing? You know, was his daddy not there? Did they take the the uh, the resources out of his community? Did he have a, a wife and kids to take care of? What was it? We just say he a thief, but you know it had to be a reason behind it unless he was a kleptomaniac. Right. right. You know, and 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 my thing. Is, my thing in, in, in dealing with all these young kids and just accepting what you know what they're doing without any judgment 
you know, it is is as uh, 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 from a perspective of a Christian. At the end of the day, the one of the thieves, Jesus, he ain't had to get baptized. Nothing. He was just like, "Are right, you coming with me? Surely today you'll be with me in paradise." Right. And it didn't take all that because he didn't see him for the superficial title that he was given, but he saw deeper into what his situation and what his need was. Yeah. You touched on you touched on a lot of points right there. Uh huh. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, I've long struggled with. Um, the light that black people hold mental illness in. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if our strength works against us. Mm-hmm. It's like um, we we don't want to be labeled mentally ill. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be labeled as having um, emotional issues mm-hmm. or having post-traumatic st- stress syndrome mm-hmm. or any of those kind of things. But, I mean, if we, if we ran through our community... In terms, of, if we took the if we took the the mental illness comb mm-hmm. and ran through our community, the way that you know mm-hmm. <laughs> other races uh-huh. run it through their community, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm mentally ill because my dad doesn't pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because your dad's a venture capitalist and he's in the <laughs> office and mm-hmm. he might be fucking his secretary mm-hmm. and all this other shit. Meanwhile, you have a black family. My dad doesn't pay attention to me because. He working for CTA and he gotta get that extra hours in. Uh-huh. He's, you know, um, he he working two jobs. He got the James Evan thing, mm-hmm. Evans thing going mm-hmm. on. He work one job. He come home. He take a nap mm-hmm. and he go to the second job. Mm-hmm. Both of those people are missing a parent. Mm-hmm. Both of those people, in essence, have the same issues. Right. But, um, you know, our mothers, mm-hmm. you know, in, in an effort to make strong men or grow, you know, grow strong uh, daughters, tell us to, uh, you know, push through that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you fine. Your mm-hmm. daddy working. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I understand he's working, mm-hmm. but I'm missing something from mm-hmm. him not being in the home, mm-hmm. from him not showing uh, a certain amount of love and affection towards me, mm-hmm. from him not showing me certain things, mm-hmm. you know? Um uh, you know, um, the violence piece of it, you know, I mean, because of the areas that we're in, um, because of the the situations that our communities kind of end up in with violence and with gang violence and with um, drugs and, and, and the other elements that are there, mm-hmm. we see a lot of things that way that can uh, that can traumatize us. You yeah. know, I mean, you spoke earlier about um Drug dealers feeling that feeding their family. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of drug dealers that don't though. Exactly. I mean, just just keeping mm-hmm. this one mm-hmm. But those figures in our community are seen as um, heroes to a certain level. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that scene in the Mac mm-hmm. where Goldie pull up to the little kids, <laughs> and you know they all run up to him because he in the fly caddy and he uh-huh. got the fur on and he got the gold and the chain and the money and he mm-hmm. give them all dollar bills or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the one boy hopped in the whip and was like, "I want to be just like you when uh-huh. I grow up." And he was uh-huh. like, "No, nah, you don't want to be like mm-hmm. me." Part of that is because Goldie had, you know, what I'm saying a little consciousness with him. Yeah. You know, his brother had the koofy like yeah. he, you know, what I'm saying he was, <laughs> he was leading the revolution. Yeah. But, um. I mean, I think I think every every person that's involved in a dope game or involved in a a less than savory aspect of of you know crime or whatever, 
they know on some level that that's not right. And they mm-hmm. I feel like they don't want to do it to a certain level. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But they're the rewards of that. And, and that's the same throughout, you know, media and, mm-hmm. and movies. The mm-hmm. rewards of that game is always um, put far more to the forefront than the regret of it, mm-hmm. than the the um, the the effects of other people in the community, mm-hmm. and that that too is a part of of um, a, a, a form of traumatic mm-hmm. uh, traumatic stress. You mm-hmm. know, your father don't get to be at the crib because he's out at a job making money. Mm-hmm. But you see this dope man that don't that don't have a job mm-hmm. that's, you know, getting fly kicks and having the car and mm-hmm. messing with the light skinned girl with the baby mm-hmm. hands. So you to a certain extent grow with a disdain for jobs, mm-hmm. with a disdain for working. I'm yeah. not, I'm not gonna get a job. Exactly. That's the shit that took my father away from mm-hmm. me. That's some that's some sucker shit. I'm a I'm gonna be on it this point. other way. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I often wish that, you know, like, when they talk about reparations, like, I heard somebody say, like, yo, reparations should be given to the black community in the form of, of uh, you know, therapy. <laughs> and just, you know, getting niggas to sit down and circle and talk about shit that's on their hearts and on their minds. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the black man has, like, the most resistance to crying mm-hmm. and may need a good cry the most. You know what I'm right. saying? We we definitely had some of those just with the movement, uh, man. It's it's just so messed up the way that <laughs> that the that the 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 government and the people try to divide. Yeah, you know, men that that stand in power um, through you know money rewards and stuff. They give somebody something else that they're not giving, and and we and we fall for it every time, but. You know, like you said, we got to get together and, you know, have kind of, we have, we've done that. It, it's been some powerful stuff, uh, just getting in the room with other organizers, you know, that may have heard something from somewhere else right. and, you know, all the social media and just getting together, uh, and, and, and talking it out and, and leaving still with the same purpose. Yeah. You know, we got to do that. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That's um. Did you see that um, the the Vanguard of the black the Black Panthers the thing they had on PBS a couple weeks ago? No, I I I gotta check it out. I haven't seen it. Bro, they ran down about two hours on PBS. Mm-hmm. No commercials about you know the forming of the Black Panthers mm-hmm. and you know the trials they went through. You know, the buildup of it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, as we all know, the eventual fall. Uh-huh. They talked to some of the uh, the FBI informants that they had that, you know, joined the Panthers and gave them the, outli- the, uh, the outline of the the um, the clubhouse they had mm-hmm. and gave them the specs on, um, yeah. uh, who's my man that said, uh, you can kill the revolution, but you can't, you can kill the revolutionary, but you can't, Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton. They gave him yeah. the specs on Fred Hampton's house. And um, I didn't know, I mean, this this could be an ignorance on my part, but I didn't know how much outreach they had with other organizations, even even predominantly white organizations. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it was like a it was like a national organization for farmers or mm-hmm. something like that. But like they fight in the same battles. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that's kind of happening. Like I had a I had a Latino family on the show a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, 
like the the sooner we know, and I'm not again, I'm not trying to place a a a, a um you know the crosshairs on white people. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that the majority of power mm-hmm. and the majority of position belongs mm-hmm. or is 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 held. Those positions are held by white people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you if, uh, to my white friends listening yeah. to this podcast, this is in no way a white bashing. This is a, a again, the man. I'm uh-huh. bashing the man. Uh-huh. I'm bashing the system, the system. <laughs> which just so happens to employ a lot of white people. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, it's got to be a, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I totally forgot my point, so I'm just going to jump to something else here. <laughs> um, I was talking, the, the vanguard of the, yeah. the Black Panthers. You need to check that out. Uh, Deep. Yeah, I'm it was wrong. Everybody in my family, everybody in this house, was, every TV in this house was on. Okay. Like, <laughs> we wasn't watching it together. <laughs> we was all watching it. But, um, like, yeah, the way they were, I feel like that's something that needs to happen, and I think it's starting to happen, mm-hmm. with blacks and Latinos. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, I, Trump is talking a lot of bullshit about black people, mm-hmm. but, I mean, that wall shit he's talking with Mexico... Like I mean, that's the wildest shit I've heard in a, in a few elections. Yeah, ain't gonna, ain't gonna worry neither. I mean, blacks, Latinos, and Muslims. Yeah, like at the Trump rally the other day. Yeah, it was going the down. Muslims came up in that deep. Dude. That's what's up. <laughs> they that's came, what's up. and the white folk was so scared when they got down and started praying before they entered the auditorium. They acted like they was about to fly a plane through the building, and that was the first time really I could see. The the same pain that we have yeah. in somebody's eye. I mean, they look distraught. They look like their hearts were broken. Um, because it really is real with them. Like, they talking about banning them and, and you yeah. know. And Putting them in a database. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. That's and damn they like some... They can't. That's like the Scarlet Letter. So. Yeah, like the Holocaust. They yeah. like stars of David. Yeah, on, on exactly. Them, you know, they tattoo numbers on their arms. Yeah, so it, it, it definitely brought us together. Um, and, and that's that's what that's what I keep saying, man. That this this nation is about, and it represents the people, right? The citizens of this country. And as soon as the citizens come together and unite, the sooner the the citizens have power. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it ain't no way that this one percent of these folks should have all this power. Yeah. And we allow them because they have agendas. They have. I mean, it's you know they have signed. They have a science to what they do in dividing right. us. Yeah. Um, and as soon as we come together, we can have whatever we want. But but we let so many things divide us: race, religion, uh, polit- pol- oh my goodness, politics. That that I was looking at the ballot yesterday and just seeing how they ask you, uh, you know, what party are you with? Right. Y'all, <laughs> I shouldn't have to. I put nonpartisan, and it was like, no, you can't do that until to to the, to the uh, general election. Right, right. I said, you guys should have every person that's being up for election on, uh, on there. Yeah, and I should be able to pick not 
I, I shouldn't have to pick Republican or Democrat. Right. And that's why we have problems with gangs in this country. Because they teach us how to do that stuff. How to separate. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what the vision that, that causes conflict because everybody's fighting for a piece of the pie. Yeah. I mean, another big thing, you, you know, you were listing things that kind of separate, you know, uh, that separate the people. Um, money is a big one too. Oh, the biggest, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest. Um, because like I was just, you know, I was just thinking in my head, like when you were when you were going through that, when you were saying that, like, n- no group of people has more resources outside of money than minorities, mm-hmm. because we've had to spend generations. Mm-hmm. Making do with a little bit of money, uh-huh. so we know how to make that money stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, imagine, imagine if black people, Latinos, Muslims acquired a piece of land mm-hmm. outside of like real farmers, like Indiana farmers. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Illinois, Iowa right. and other parts of Southern Illinois and stuff like that. In a city environment, nobody can take care of that land better than blacks and Latinos. Mm-hmm. So, like, in, in terms of, like, growing crops, in terms of providing food for the neighborhood, it's something that I noticed that I um, found out that they were doing in, uh, in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like, these brothers got together, they purchased a piece of land, which threw the, um, the city government in a tizzy because they didn't know how to give them a permit for that. Mm-hmm. Like, they know how to give you a permit if you're trying to open a liquor store mm-hmm. or if you're trying to open up some kind of business. I'm not trying to say everybody's opening up liquor stores. Yeah. But if you're just trying to purchase a plot of land for the purpose of growing food to provide nourishment for your, your community, they didn't even know where to put that request. But they know how to do it if you're selling it. Right. You, because, because they got to have a hand in your pocket. Exactly. So... They don't allow you to sell anything if you farm it uh, without the FDA's approval because right. they're protecting us. But really, they're trying to put their hands so in they the can tax it. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but like, if I mean, if if we weren't so hung up on money, I hate money. which I know is a hard thing to say I because hate, I hate money. People automatically attribute like not having money to not having the things you need to feed your family or provide mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. But if, if let's, let's just say you didn't need to pay for food. Mm-hmm. That would be extra money in your pocket for your bills or your, your living arrangements or whatever. Um, I mean, one of the most powerful things that I, I heard in, um, again, the, the podcast I had with the Latino family, I think that was episode 36, mm-hmm. um, was that they, they try not to teach their kids materialism. Mm-hmm. Everybody else except for us. Right. Like, he was like, you know, Hector said, like, if you showed my son a pair of Jordans or a pair of, you know, some material shit, he wouldn't know what what's the difference between that and what he's wearing. Mm-hmm. He knows technology shit, mm-hmm. which is important yep. with, you know, the, the way education is going, the way the world is going, technological advances. Mm-hmm. You know, that shit is changing every month. But as far as, like, you know, a $200 gym shoe, like, he doesn't know that that's different from anything he wears. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think what we look looking at now is the narrative of, of, of capitalism. Sure. Capitalism 
if we look at these root words, like you said, if everybody could eat for free, we'll be fine. Right. All right. That's communism. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm if you look on my Facebook page, I'm a uh, I'm communist. Okay. I'm a, even before the paper started calling me, you're a communist. Okay. <laughs> I, the, my my ideology. I'm a communist. I believe in the community. Right. Uh, capitalism. They capitalize on the 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 lack of others. That's what they do. That yeah. the United States and Europe. That's what they've they've done. They they've created classes and and they've cheated the people in the lower class and, and the lower middle class, and they capitalize. I mean, I'm watching American Genius. Right. You know all the you know great inventions. I and I give Wright brothers and everybody all credit for being able to have a mind to make something out of nothing. But when you start talking about patents and stuff like that. All of those folks were thieves. Right. Who we call geniuses, they all thieves. If you watch that uh, series, and you'll see every uh, uh, the, the uh, owner uh, of RCA stole, stole the idea of television from a 14-year-old boy in, uh, in Idaho. You know, <laughs> the the uh, the Wright, Wright brothers, uh, all of every story on that uh, on that TV show on, on Netflix or whatever it's on the, on the History Channel, it's all has to do with thievery. Right. <laughs> Everybody a thief, and that's who America holds up as as geniuses and heroes right. because right. it's all it's not about the invention; it's about the money that you're gonna get off of it. Yeah, like yeah. um, the uh, fuck, I can't even think of it. Was William Randolph Hearst? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what did he make? Uh, he made the uh, the paper mill. He was he he did some with cotton. Uh-huh. He made, uh huh. The, the, uh, the cotton gin. I think so. Uh, I think so. But he he was heavily involved in making hemp illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marijuana weed wasn't what was illegal. Uh-huh. Hemp, hemp was illegal. Yep. Uh huh. I mean Henry Ford made the first car. It had hemp yeah. fenders. He didn't. He didn't make the car. Well, right, he, right. He made the assembly line. There you go. Sure, sure, sure. George Washington. Yeah, go ahead. Don't don't listen to that part. George Washington car made. Put it out there. Uh-huh. But like, again, like in in an effort to to demonize one thing so that we would be forced to use mm-hmm. cotton mm-hmm. and that cotton would be seen as the. It wasn't the superior material because hemp is the, mater- the yes. superior material. Yes. Uh-huh. It was what he had invested his money in. Mm-hmm. So he had to make that. He had to take that to the forefront so that he would be able to capitalize mm-hmm. off of it. My question to you about capitalism is: Is it natural? Is is it is, are are humans predisposed to capitalism? For instance, and I'll just just playing devil's advocate on mm-hmm. an idea that I threw out earlier. So if we do have this um this uh this community farm system, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's eating, everybody's good. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know some uh, some fruits or some vegetables are bigger than others. Mm-hmm. So you got somebody who may have resources from wherever say, mm-hmm. "Hey, look, um, you know, uh, I build houses." Mm-hmm. I will build something in your house for you if you make sure I get the first crop or I get the bigger potatoes or I get the bigger ears of corn or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is capitalism not naturally ingrained in humans in some way? 
That's an interesting question. I, I don't think I don't think that would be capitalism. It's just I think that would be the uh, some kind of greed. But then, okay. then we have to look at our backgrounds and who taught it to is is it uh is it nature versus you know versus nurture? Okay. You know, have it has it been like you said predisposed and and when when we start thinking of you know it's competition that's what capital, capitalism is mm-hmm. free enterprise and competition and I, I believe that there's civilizations out there that are still existing mm-hmm. that have existed for thousands of years with no problem with sharing with their community with uh, being in too much competition where it kills the people off. Okay. Um, free enterprise and capitalism has to do, you know, Donald Trump's going to tell y'all we need to be more competitive and all, and all of this stuff. And, you know, that's good for the people that's in the in the race, in the, <laughs> in the competition. Right. But what about everybody else? You know, everybody ain't in, everybody not in the competition of trying to get money. They're just trying to get fed. Okay. And, and that's what that's where I am. If I can't, and I learned, I'm learning this. You know, I used to look down on for why why would you do this to your neighborhood? Why would you sell somebody some um, crack? Or, or why would you even be in that lifestyle? But if I've learned, if I cannot put a meal on your table. You know, if I can't feed you, then I can't say anything to you. Right. And that's why that's why we're doing what we're doing. I, I got to be able, if, if I could take the, the, uh, the, the, your, your uh, pack out of your pocket, I got to be able to put some money in your hand or a resource, a job, a job in your hand. Yeah, I feel you. And, 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 and you know, communism and, and, and all of that stuff, it's been demonized because it's not the American way. Right. So what they did was, you know, anytime you think about communism and, and fascist, uh, fascism and, and, and socialism, you know, you you look at these European leaders mm-hmm. that did wrong, you know, to their to the people, and uh, you, and, and it's just a, it's like the Cold War, it lasted for you know decades, and I believe it was done to instill into the minds of Americans, you know, that any way besides our way is the wrong way. Right. You know, all they were doing was going to third world countries and saying, you need to be a capitalist or you need to be a communist. You need to join us before you join them. Mm -hmm. And since we have people like Hitler and Stalin and stuff, then we associate those ideologies with their names, not saying that though that the ideologies are bad, the people is just bad. Right. I could look at and we put Donald Trump in office. I could say capitalism is matter of fact. We don't. He don't even got to be in office. He just he a capitalist and he a bad person. Right. George Bush, uh, any other presidents that they come before uh, Roosevelt. I mean, all of them. You know, to some extent. You know, if they was in, if they agree with, you know, segregation and, and, and slavery and, and all that stuff, to some extent, we should look at them the same way that we look at Hitler. Sure. You know, so those are, you know, history in America is taught not to teach history 
social studies not to teach social studies and political science. It's not to teach political science, but it's taught to build pride in, into your country. Right, okay. So, because a kid, you know, you teach him some of the stuff that America's done, a kid, period, heart is going to say, you know, that's kind. that don't sound good. Yeah. That's kind of bad. Yeah, I was just thinking. <laughs> I was just thinking, if we, if we truly taught slavery mm-hmm. and how it happened, and who allowed it to go on? Uh-huh. I mean, those presidents should be looked at in the yeah. same light as the ones yeah. who yeah. created. I mean, a, a slave plantation is very similar to a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it wasn't. And it wasn't like that. You know, the slavery wasn't like it, it. Like it played out to be later on. Right. You know what happened was it was so many. Africans over here, black folk that I forget what his name was. He, he, he somebody saw that it, that they were outnumbered, mm. and he insti- the same the same thing that we studied doing instilling fear into certain folks so they beat us down. So so they got all of these uh, tactics on how to control slaves like from the, from the Romans. Right? Yeah. yeah. So they said. They gonna do. They gonna overthrow us. They gonna rebel. Blah blah blah. We need to beat them down, you know. And that's where it came from. And 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 then that's how you get on how to control your slave and all of that stuff. When in all actuality, we may have been able to go through, you know, you know, two hundred years, four hundred years of slavery, you know, without y'all beating on us. You know, you could have been training us up to, you know, but that's the whole, the scare tactic. If we teach them what we know, or even if we allow them to survive amongst us, then one day we won't have the privilege that we have. Right. So, so that's what that's what's still going on. And people, they so jaded. And, and, and it's like you... You know, you got to see this. You know, when you're talking to somebody, well, you got to be able to see this. You got to. And they don't They don't see it. And it's, they blinded by white privilege and the pride, the pride in this country. It, you know, I burned the flag a couple of weeks ago. And I had all kind of folks talking. I mean, they, they was talking. I just got a, a Facebook uh, memory from one of my teammates uh, today. You know, we was in college and we were drunk and we was, we was, you know, <laughs> we were slapping each other. I was the only black person on the team. We were slapping each other in the chest, you know, all night. He was like, man, that was crazy last night. But that was one of my best friends. But he's the same person, you know, that, that called me the other day after not saying anything to me about any of the movement, not saying that I was doing a good job, he proud, blah, blah, blah. He text, well, he texts me and say, you know, I know what you're doing there, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's good, but you can't be burning flags. You know, people fought for that flag and all of this and all that. And I did it for a reason, to, uh, to let you know that, you know, people are going to be more upset about that flag and this land than they are about the citizens, mm-hmm. and y'all didn't fight for this flag and for the uh, for the, for the land. You fought for the citizens. The citizens are the substance of this land. Right. It's not that flag. Though, if the nation is divided, that flag represents division. That's it. Goddamn right. <laughs> so, um, you um, you have a daughter. 
<laughs> I got a six-year-old daughter. Right. I got a two-year-old son. Damn. And I just, my daughter, my newest daughter, she was like a little bit over a month. Wow. And that's the last one. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. So, um... Do they know what their daddy's doing? My my oldest daughter, she does see, see me on TV all the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm away a lot okay. just because of, of that stuff. And, you know, I keep them, you know, I used to be big on social media with my family and stuff, but I keep them out. You know, we get death threats and all Crazy. people following us and all kind of stuff. So <laughs> I keep keep them away, but she knows, um, and you know, she goes to school and talk about it and everything. How much does having a family and knowing that, knowing that the the world that you're you're working to um, to improve is you know gonna be left to them? How how much of that plays into your motivation? Uh, well, especially for my son, um, and even my daughters now, you got looking at Sandra Bland. Even his daughters, Andrea. <laughs> so he's not he's not putting his son above his daughter. Okay, we're all about equality. Uh, we love the women on this show. We love the women. <laughs> yeah, but my, you know, even looking at Sandra Bland, you know, of course, my daughters. Um, I mean, it plays a a big. A big, big role. Not, not saying that that uh, I'm afraid for their uh, their livelihood and scared that somebody's going to take their life or take them out. Um, just probably more importantly that they understand that uh, people, you know, people need you. People need you to speak up. You know, everybody's not raising you the way. Now, everybody's not being raised the way that I'm raising you. Right. You know, I was, you know, we were taught, you know, we know, I know how to handle the police if I want to ha- handle the police, if, you know, yes, sir, and all, and all that. So I know how to get out of some stuff. Sure. I'm not all about getting out of stuff now because, you know, I shouldn't have to get out of stuff that, that, that I didn't put myself into. Definitely. But, you know, preservation you know, my children, of course I got to teach them yes or no, sir, and all that stuff. But I also got to teach them to speak up for those that, that not they can't speak up for themselves and and understand that, you know, my, my New Year's resolution was weird. It's weird. Um, it doesn't mean much to a lot of people, but it means a lot to me. It was to be unapologetically black. Mm. And just be as black as I could. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's why I wear my kufi. I, I, I wear, you know, dashikis. Right. I wear anything that's on my shirt, you know, say something black. Because I know it offends uh, white folks and other people. And, and it shouldn't. Right. You know, so my daughter, you know, you're going to wear your hair natural. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna be, and you're gonna speak out for your people. Uh, even uh, at her school, out in uh, she goes to a school out in, in, in Romeoville. I take her out there every day. Sure. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't have to. Right. But there should be. <laughs> but there is a a better program. Yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't have to. I should be able to go right down the street and take her. You know, right down the street. But the resources in Chicago and the disparity doesn't allow me to give her the education that 
that I want her to have. Right. So that she deserves. Yeah. That that. So that being said, I um. So they have not for for February. They don't have Black History Month. They have Heritage Month. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Whatever. You may not enough black people in the school to have black history. I don't right, know. right. Uh, but they send these questionnaires home, <laughs> and it says, you know, give your native country. All right, and then the 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 native the sport of the native country and the the dish a dish and a game and all of this right, stuff. Okay, and I've been going up there for two years telling them don't, don't send it. Don't send this home right uh, to me again without revising it. Okay. Now this is a Christian a Christian school, okay. <laughs> but we not about that. We not we need to have a dialogue, and that's all, what I'm all about. Of why this is, and I believe in America. I mean, there's a, a lot of racism. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it is cultural insensitivity. Sure. All right. So you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I have to go through, and you and you don't know it. So you, you it doesn't matter to you. Mm-hmm. All right. So I can't answer a question on my native country like you can. You from Italy? You from Greece? You from uh, you know Poland? Right. Whatever. All those places within Europe, you can you can say what you want, and and pretty much two generations go back there and say grand great grandma did came over blah blah blah. I can only answer your question about the continent, right? And and, and she didn't see well whatever you and, know. And even that can be somewhat subjective. Exactly, you, know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can easily be from Jamaica exactly. or from the Virgin Islands. Exactly, or, you know. So 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 they so she kind of, and and we got white folk y'all gotta stop being so dismissive in what our claim is so you know even me saying that you know they're big good Christians they're not gonna argue right they're like oh you know just do whatever then you know it doesn't matter I'm like no it does matter right and and we need to address this and the white kids in the school need to know my daughter needs to know because. You know, going forward, if we don't teach this stuff, then they're going to grow to have so much pride in this country right. and, and their heritage that we don't understand or want to understand that of uh, the black uh, person in America. Mm-hmm. So when they ask me what the heritage or the culture is, I always say I'm, I'm a dis place black person sure. in America. Right. Because I can't tell you what country I'm from. Yeah. And and it's 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 imperative that they that those kids know that that my daughter be able to say, um, you know, they asked the country, I can't tell you you know, she's six, she's in kindergarten. I um I can't tell you that, but this is the reason I can't tell you. Right, right. We don't gotta go into slavery or nothing. We could just say that, hey uh, I don't know. I we were brought over here, and there's some kind of disconnect, and that disconnect contributes to so many problems in in our culture. Definitely, but but we got to be able to have those conversations. Because you you'd be wrong if you said you know. United States of America. Yeah, if I'm like, oh yeah, we from Mississippi. We from Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. My cultural dishes, you know, chillies chillies and chicken. Yeah, (laughs) then they'd be like, hey, uh, Mr. Ross, uh, I have some questions about your question. And and I put that on there just to be, you know, just to 
just to be uh, to be an asshole. <laughs> but I, put, I saw you looking for a better word. That's just I, it. I just put on there. You know, I put you know some stuff. I know, of course, football. Um, Soccer is going to be the sport. Right. You know, I got a game at home. It's, I've been playing it since I was little. Uh, Moncala. Okay. Been playing that game. That's an African game that actually was used to uh, to settle uh, who was going to get pieces of land. Oh, so okay. that stuff deep. Right, it's right. not just a game. These right. kings and queens playing right, the right. game to over, over. It's like shooting dice over, over land. Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that stuff important. And... And, you know, I put that stuff and all that, but then I put in parentheses. Y'all want to know what we're doing? Chicken. And we eat yeah. chicken, southern United States, fried right. chicken. Right, right, And, and, and chitlins. And, but, you know, we can have a conversation about about chitlins. Right. You know, why do why are we eating pig intestines? Because we ain't had nothing else to eat. Because white made folks something. ate high off the Exactly. And, right, we, right. and we made something out of nothing. Exactly. You know? That's why I mean I, I, I know you've listened to the show I know you've heard this like I refer to we don't I don't use the term African Americans on this mm-hmm, show because mm-hmm. in my mind I mean like Tope wouldn't use that term nope. but Tope is mm-hmm. an, is an African American uh-huh. just like yep. you know Hector is a Mexican American mm-hmm. or other people are you know mm-hmm. Argentinian American uh-huh. or whatever whatever like I'm a I'm a black man uh-huh. I am a descendant of a slave mm-hmm. like me me and my sister got this joke because. Uh, my family is from Tennessee, mm-hmm. and my family my family owns land down in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and you know we know how somehow or another we got that land. Mm-hmm. We know that you know white people have been trying to buy that land for us for years, and mm-hmm. a couple of my people a couple of people in my family have you know sold some of their land mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, we but, just get sold out of Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. But me and my sister got this joke where like if you if you talk about my mom's side of the family, you can go you know grandma. Great grandma, great grand, great great grandma, slaves. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's yeah. just how. Yeah, that's how the family goes. And when I go down there, and when we walk, because you know my aunt Emma, she's got a house that's like on the edge of the property, and mm-hmm. behind her house is like all this other space. Mm-hmm. So like we can go down there, and we walk through this land, and I know that you know. Mm-hmm. 200 years ago, like, niggas was down here working. Yeah. Like, niggas was down here getting beat. Niggas uh-huh. was down here getting hung somewhere uh-huh. in this area. Like, this is like real shit. So, like, when we went to uh, Morgan Park Academy, this is my sister, Bradley. Bradley, this is Matt. Hey. Um, like, when we went to Morgan Park Academy, we had something called International Day. Mm-hmm. And International Day was, like, each classroom would set up their, their classroom like a certain culture. Mm-hmm. But then all the students were invited to dress in their, yeah. you know, yeah. native, uh, you know, dressing uh, traditional garb and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because I had a lot of, you know... I had Irish friends. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of Indian people that went to school. So they come in they saris mm-hmm. and you know, you know, they yeah. uh, the Russian kids would come in they, you know, whatever, whatever. Right. And I would I mean my parents did a good job at the time of like, I guess I don't wanna say keeping the reality of it from me, mm-hmm. but like I mean, we were African stuff. Because mm-hmm. yep. That was the as hard as they were going. Mm-hmm. That's the only way we could go as yeah, hard. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no way that we could go in there and be like, oh, shit. I mean, do I need to wear overalls and go barefoot mm-hmm. and bring some fried chicken and cornbread? Exactly. But we, so they, you know, they put me in the closest thing they could based on what everybody else is doing. Because uh-huh. you know, I mean, my Indian friend Ankush, he could definitely be like, yeah, my parents is from this part of mm-hmm. India. 
wear this religion. You know, this is what, you know, my sister will wear when she gets married. And mm-hmm. this is the dish they'll serve. And yeah. they go all the way in yeah. with that shit. Uh-huh. And we don't have don't, that depth we don't know of it. our culture. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I ended up taking some kind of like, you know, African fried chicken or African yeah. chicken with some uh-huh. kind of coconut glaze or some <laughs> shit. I mean, my mom, hooked, my mom hooked it up real nice. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I, I felt like I was going in uh-huh. and I was just as proud of my culture uh-huh. as they were. Yeah. And then later they let me know that, yo, you know. So you know we you know this is, you know we not really yeah. you know you yeah. can't be African uh-huh. right? like you can't be from a continent exactly you know what I'm saying like you you can't be from the whole place you know and then you know when I met friends that were you know I had friends that was from Sierra Leone mm-hmm. or you know Tope I think it was Nigerian Nigeria. or you know yeah. you got kids older than us that was Kenyan and mm-hmm. stuff like that so you know mm-hmm. you're not African uh-huh. because you, you like I said you can't be from the whole continent uh-huh. yeah. That- that's what they try to. I ain't gonna that's go why, into the, that's I ain't gonna go to the Ebola thing, but yeah, that's, that's why I, I say on here like I'm I'm not I'm not African American. Mm-hmm. My kids will not be African American mm-hmm. unless I find some beautiful woman uh-huh. from some part of Africa. My kids are black, uh-huh. and they will know that you know your your great 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 grandparents. They worked for white people. Uh-huh. They was beat by white people. That's how we got here. Uh-huh. Our parents migrated from Tennessee. We came up here to Chicago. We built the life ourselves up here, but we are we are African adjacent. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We are we are just, we we are black people, mm-hmm. and I think that's a that's a powerful thing. I think the black man is very different than the African man, very. because you know, African men do. from whatever country they're from, they treat um, uh, you know black men very differently. Very like, you know, <laughs> so nobody. I was thinking about writing a book. Nobody wants to be black. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody wants to be black. Yeah, they want. They want to take the culture. That's <laughs> what I was talking about on the last podcast. I mean, it was it was a little muted because I was talking to. I don't want to say it was because I was talking to women. Uh-huh. Because I, I love the women I was talking to. It's my sister and my aunt, but they don't. I don't think they they recognize. The, the way things get stolen. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Like, I, I cringe when... Like, I, I, I got a homie, you know, smoke blunts, mm-hmm. drink Hennessy, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I know where he got that from. <laughs> <laughs> I know where he got that from. Uh-huh. I know I, I know that he watches Paid in Full mm-hmm. or he watches New Jersey Drive uh-huh. or, yeah. you know what I'm saying, <laughs> where he picks up these things. But... These ain't the same white boys that's coming down to the protests. Nope. These ain't the same white boys that's volunteering in in the communities. Mm-hmm. These ain't the same white boys that's you you can't appropriate the culture mm-hmm. without being for the culture. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like we see all these white boys like Riff Raff, mm-hmm. you know, that that appropriate like the 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 smoking or the drinking mm-hmm. or the fucking with thick bitches or yeah. however they do it. Mm-hmm. We don't see a lot of white boys walking around with koofies. We don't nope. see a lot of white boys wearing dashikis. Mm-hmm. We don't see a lot of white boys Unless down with the cars. Shout out to the hippies. Hilarious. <laughs> right. Shout out to the hippies. But, you know, like, that's that's something that bothers me, mm-hmm. man. Like, I feel like it's, it's just, the pendulum should swing both ways. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to be down with us, then yeah. you need to know where this yeah. comes from. Uh-huh. You need to know, you know, we smoke blunts because... 
you know, number one, the weed ain't that good. Mm-hmm. You know, we outside, we gotta run from the police, mm-hmm. so you might have to put it out. Yeah. We sharing it with our brothers, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Some kind of ritual of of love and uh-huh. respect and, and, and camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And that's where the blunt comes from. It's yeah. not cause it's cool, it's nope. not cause it's jiggy, it's not cause, <laughs> you know, Jay Z and them be smoking blunts yeah. or whoever be smoking we blunts. Ain't got it's, enough money to be throwing away bowls. Exactly. And, <laughs> and we not we not buying big bongs yeah. and the weed ain't that good. Yeah. So we gotta smoke a lot of it. Uh-huh. So you know like if you're going to be down with it, you got to be down with uh-huh. it. Like, I I don't know. It would affect me so much if, you know, if some white boys that was that was on the culture that way mm-hmm. would, like, come to me in a way that was like, yo, so, yo, so, like, what's really up with this Anita Alvarez shit? Like, yeah. what's really up with this LaCroix McDonald shit? Uh-huh. Why can't, why is niggas on in Inglewood really killing each mm-hmm. other or some shit like that? But yeah. they don't care about mm-hmm. that. But they want to act like the niggas uh-huh. in Inglewood. Yeah, you got some folks out there, man. We, man, I, I keep saying that, uh, you know, just from the people that that I've met in the movement, it's like you've known them forever, right? And I, I said, when you got the same, when you have the same goals, you can. It, it's easy to get along. Why does Why doesn't America have the same goals? Right, like I mean, we can have different, we can have different paths and stuff, and you know, but all our main objective should be, you know, compassion, justice, you know, you know, and unity. But everybody, they don't want that because then it's gonna mess with their money. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anytime you could meet people, and been I've been rolling with you know folks for four or five months, and they like. Like we like brothers, like uh-huh. like I know them my whole life, and you know that only becomes from one from one goal. Right. You know, it's just like you go to the military or you go to your teams, and you know all whatever it is, y'all got one goal. It's gonna automatically unite you. Yeah. And so, what does that say about America? We don't have, we don't share this. If we so divided, we don't have any of the same goals. Nowhere right. close. We don't even want the same kind of justice because it's gonna mess with our money. Right. You know, and it's, that's a sad thing. I mean, I feel like that's why sports are one of the big, uh, big, um, one of the, the best things to bring groups of people together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we obviously see that because of you know, sports were the first things to kind of integrate. Mm-hmm. You know, so and they don't. You know, when you play basketball, when you play baseball, when you play football. They don't really give a shit what color you are. Can you put the ball in the hoop? Can you block? Can you do what you're supposed to do on the field? Can you make money for me? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that, I mean, you you wrestled in in high school and college? Yep, yep. Division. I wrestled for Bogan High School. uh, Three-time state qualifier. uh, One-time place in place fifth. Then uh, I wrestled Division Two down in South Carolina. Oof. <laughs> Oof. South Carolina, Gaffney, um, and that's another racial experience. Yeah, all in itself. Actually, Donald Trump was in Gaffney, South Carolina, a couple weeks ago, um, in this small Republican uh, town with a lot of poor people on the outskirts, but. By the college, it's all uh, yeah. old money. Of course, you have old money. That's interesting because, like, um, I mean, you were in. I mean, wrestling is definitely a combat sport. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> against like possibly racist white boys. Yep. Yeah. And and fair to say, some of them was getting their ass whooped. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> most definitely. I mean, it was a learning curve because I, you know, they, you know, we don't know anything about that stuff. You know, right. At least before uh, they grow up, you know, they come into the just like everything else is, you know, my family, mm-hmm. and that's why family is so important. Right. You know, you come into your 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 job from your family, mm-hmm. from who you know. You come into being born into sports, right? And just being able to, you know, uh, grow and learn your whole life and, yeah. and benefit from that stuff, you know, everything. So they, you know, they grow up and and and, and do that stuff their whole lives. And you know, I love black folk because it don't take all, it don't take all that. Right, yeah. right. So this is what we're doing. These, these are the rules. Now yep. uh, okay, let's see. Let's, exactly. let's let's rock all the way to the point where. I mean, black folks pretty much, you know, it's not dominated in numbers by black folks. Right. But when you look at them podiums, right, right. right Jordan Burroughs, you know, he's the number one uh, wrestler in the in the United States in the world. Uh, he has been for some years now. Right. And I think he went like sixty nine matches without international matches without losing. Crazy. You didn't hear nothing about that. Right. Right. You know. Um, but you know we definitely taking over, taking that over, along with everything else. But yeah, it was some, uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure that they don't like that. Oh, of course not. Because you know you get a chance to, you see any of these city schools go to these suburban schools and, and Catholic schools, and you know. You know, probably the city school gonna lose in the, in the wrestling match, and uh, you know we don't know any better. You know, I was one of the few that the folks knew my name, and right. you know, they were like, okay, that's the one to watch out for. The rest of them, they don't know what they're doing. Got it. Uh, and that's from family again. My mother, from the time I decided to do that, I was going out there to the summer tournaments okay. and, and and learning and get beat down right. for a whole summer. And, and I got beat down by black. I learned from black folks in the suburbs. Yeah. I got beat down by. Yeah, yeah. Learned from white folks, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So when I came back, that I was able to put put it down on them. But that being said, it you know, I didn't get I didn't get that. And nobody else gets that from you. Got to have a. It, it, that's what's wrong with the community. The black community. We keep saying parents, parents, parents. And, you know, what if the parents not there? Then it's supposed to be teacher, teacher, yeah. neighbor, coach, yeah. yeah, all of that stuff. But don't nobody want to be there for no anyone anymore. Right. The teacher don't want to teach because the parents not being the parent, and then the police don't want the police because the teacher and the and the parent not being teacher and parent. Right. And then all of then we in in the system. Yeah. Right. So, the only uh, I mean, it's funny you said that about wrestling in the city because like the only re- the only kids I know that wrestled were like um, shouts out to my auntie Vanel her sons they all wrestled oh. <laughs> out in the suburbs uh-huh. or whatever but um it's a uh it's a very tough sport oh yeah most definitely and Me you too. know 
mentally tough, physically tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you you've always been kind of small guy, so mm-hmm. like, I don't know how much like weight cutting and that type of shit you had to really be involved <laughs> yeah, in. A lot. But like, I know my uncle's kid, uh, my aunt's kids. Like, I've heard stories about them. Yeah, she ride out running with a garbage bag on. He got dropped five pounds or yeah. whatever, whatever. But um, you know, black people, you know, being so physically gifted. Um, a lot of times have that, you know, that booby miles syndrome, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like they don't, they don't feel like they got to put in the work mm-hmm. because they may be so naturally gifted at mm-hmm. something. And, um, I mean, I think the worst thing in the world is the fact that basketball is so accessible, mm-hmm. you know, like you really, all you need is a ball and a hoop. Like we've all heard stories of kids, you know, you know, I, I started playing basketball, you know, in the in the alley with a milk crate, mm-hmm. you know, and I just had a ball and had no air in it, or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. But like, I mean, soccer is just as accessible. Mm-hmm. And I've said for a long time that the world's greatest soccer player is somewhere trying to be a point guard. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the world's best, you know, lacrosse player uh-huh. is somewhere trying to be a wide receiver or trying to be, you and, know, Anderson Silva was phenomenal. Yeah, soccer player. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, you know, my favorite soccer player is Thierry Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you know, uh, Mario Balotelli is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, but we know why the other players get more exposure and are more marketable, mm-hmm. somewhat. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I don't know. I don't know if my kids will wrestle, <laughs> but like they, basketball, if like they're definitely gonna be outside of those traditional sports. Yeah, I I, I said that, and it it sounds so bad, uh, cause you're not cool if you can't dribble. True, <laughs> you know, you're not cool if you can't play basketball. But at the same time, there's this subculture, mm-hmm. this hip hop subculture, this. Uh, associated with it and if you don't get your kids into uh some AAU right. stuff and, and all that stuff then you know they really ain't they 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 going to succumb to that that culture mm-hmm. and then the messed up part is you get into AAU and all that stuff then all of a sudden you kind of whitewashed yeah <laughs> yeah cuz most of those schools are I don't know any AAU schools in the city yeah yeah, and 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 that's so now you, now you got that. What's the uh, quarterback? Or not, not AAU schools. I'm sorry, uh, prep schools. Yeah, that's like uh, basketball prep. What's schools. the what's the quarterback's name? that's messing with Sierra uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. You're gonna get that kind of syndrome where right. people talk about you're not black enough. Yeah, and you were you weren't playing in the streets and, and, and all that. And we, you know, that's another division. We that's that that's that house niggas uh, field nigga thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you know, I I, I try to I, you know I want my boy to know I you know he got. I don't want to take that away from you. You gotta know how to dribble and you know shooting it and all that stuff. But when we was growing up, we played everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like if whatever ball was accessible, that's what we had. It was especially growing up with the white boys. We you know, we had the kickball. We was playing kickball. Right. We was playing running bases. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> baseball with the, with the tennis ball in the sand. Yeah. Like basketball, everything. You know, it wasn't just exclusively. Basketball, and and we gotta we gotta get we gotta get away from that because we're great at everything. Yeah, 
and, and, and we're going to benefit from getting away from fighting ourselves with the numbers uh, with these scholarships and stuff. Right. You know, that like, I could have gone to college for, for bowling. I was a bowler before I was a wrestler. Right, right. And but no, and there are scholarships for bowlers. Yeah, and people wouldn't know it. And, right. And we don't promote. All we promoting is where we where we see football and basketball. You know, so we got to get away from that. It's so much opportunity in that, but it's all about who making the money, and and and, and whoever making that money at the top. They feed that to us to, yeah. to be able to just like you know slave like let's feed them feed them feed them to yeah. they grow up and be strong and big right. and so we can make some money off of and it's almost a trap I mean you spend <laughs> your whole life trying to be a basketball player until you end up your sophomore year finding out that you ain't gonna be no taller than five uh-huh. ten. Mm-hmm. And then a, a window that was already only this small yeah. becomes so much smaller. Whereas if you was playing any other five ten, you could still play baseball. Yeah. Five ten, you could still be a damn good soccer player. Mm-hmm. Five ten, you could definitely be a bowler. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I mean, you just got you just got to open up the opportunities yeah. and the the um open up the mind mm-hmm. to more than just a typical possibility. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like. I mean, I danced for eight years. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I came on people to people, I had been dancing for like two or three years. Uh-huh. Ballet, jazz, tap, mm-hmm. hip hop, all that shit. Um, all the dance programs I've been in, I've taught dance classes mm-hmm. that put money in my pocket. Yeah. I've um, I've met people through dance classes that I might not know still mm-hmm. through dance, but I still met those people. Mm-hmm. I know those people. You know, I got a good friend that I met through dancing who dances in Alvin Ailey. I got a couple friends who, um, you know, was a lovable. I got dan- I got friends that have, but the fact is that they learned something different mm-hmm. and they used it to do something exactly. else. Everybody's not going to make it to Ailey. Everybody's not going to be in the American ballet or whatever. Uh-huh. But my sister, my sister makes a living teaching dance classes mm-hmm. to Chicago t- uh, for Chicago Public Schools. Okay. So, you know, is she gonna is she a ballerina? No, but learning that dance has opened up so many different avenues mm-hmm. for her. And now she's able to open up those, you know, open up other girls mm-hmm. or other young boys' minds to what dancing can do. It's not all about pop lock and dropping and yeah. whipping oh, and nay nay. Like you can learn and you can take these skills and, and do other things mm-hmm. with them. And that's why she's, you know, working on this um working on trying to get a grant to kind of bring dance and use dance as a way to teach other life skills, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You you learn discipline yeah. through dance. Mm-hmm. You learn, you know, the the responsibility of, of practicing mm-hmm. and learning choreography so that you're a part of a team. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these things that, you know, traditional sports or traditional interests may not learn. I mean, if you're good enough on a basketball team, you can kind of LeBron James it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a bad example because uh-huh. he's so good. Yeah. But like you can be good yeah. all on your own. Yes, and not really give a fuck about the yep. rest of the team. Mm-hmm. But if you're learning dance, you know, like if, mm-hmm. if they, if okay, I don't, really, <laughs> I don't really fuck with dude over there. But if he sucks, we all gonna suck. Uh-huh. So let me go over here. Exactly. Let me get over these yep. battles I might uh-huh. have with him, these issues or whatever, mm-hmm. so that we all look good. Yeah. So um, yeah, man. I mean, same thing with wrestling. Like you know, learning the I mean, wrestling is like a, a, a very mentally taxing sport. Very much so, and, and I, I, I attribute wrestling to pretty everything. Everything that I've done past that, right? Um, 
it's uh, it changed my life. My coach is actually retiring from school from teaching this year. I'm okay. gonna throw something big for him. He don't know yet. Uh, I hope he don't listen to the Rojo show because you know we international. Yeah, he's an old old white man. But you know, so many over the last 35, 40 years, black kid, because he, he taught in Chicago public schools. Okay. At uh, Bogan mostly, and then now at, at Chaz. Okay. But so many lives that then changed because he was a football coach and said, hey, come out for the wrestling team for your conditioning. Right. And that turned into to something else. Right. You know, I, I wasn't one of those football players, but, you know, just so many like I said, we gotta have people like this that's gonna be an extension of your home. The village. Yeah. And, uh, you know, matter of fact, one of my friends just fighting the UFC uh, Saturday, uh, Lewis Taylor, he was homeless. He wrestled for my coach, and now he's, he's fighting. And that was 20 years ago. Right. You know, people going to the military, all kind of stuff. But, you know, it's changed. The, the saying is once you wrestle everything else is easy sure alright and so that comes from you know before you even get to competition there's so much that you gotta get through yeah you got to you gotta make weight you're talking about cutting 30 pounds a week you know be disciplined enough to to make the weight you know then you gotta now now you gotta make some hydration tests and all just all kind of stuff then build your energy back up to even get out there right. to wrestle, and then uh, and, and and do it in a way where you're not too full <laughs> to, uh, to, to that you're gonna throw up. Right. And then at a tournament, two day tournament or whatever, then still have the discipline after wrestling five or six matches a day. Go back and cut the weight that you that you gained from trying to have a little bit of energy during the night to come back in the morning. And, you know, it's just so much stuff. So when you talk about, you know, raising a kid or going to work, that ain't nothing. Right. right? <laughs> and, and not to mention, you're competing against somebody. No no hands, no 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 bats, yeah. no balls. Just, you're competing mm-hmm. hand-to-hand combat with somebody uh-huh. else who's been doing the same shit. Exactly. Somebody just as hard exactly. as you. And that's where organizing and, and all that stuff come in. Because a lot of these these kids, and a shout out to all of the young folks, uh, you know, they, they, they just getting their feet wet. Mm-hmm. You know, or they may not, they may have been doing stuff in high school and stuff uh, with organizing and, and, and fighting for justice and stuff. But, you know, you really ain't grown till you're 25. That, that, that frontal lobe don't, right, right. <laughs> don't develop till you're 25, which has to do with decision-making. Sure. And, uh, and, and sometimes just take somebody to, to reel them in because, you know, they get all over the place and then, you know, you know all that stuff. And we got to really, we got to strategize because the enemy... The enemy got strategy, yeah. and they and they don't care what they think about each other. They come together to to take us out. Right. So the, the police department, whatever, they strategize on how they about to get us off of Michigan Avenue and put and, and circle us around where they gonna get the paddy wagon and and, and, and scare us to leave. And they yeah. we got to have strategy, strategy. So every 
every life experience is, you know, it's important. Whether it be good or bad, you got to learn something from it and you can use it. You know, you, you, if you really sit back and think about the stuff that you've been through, the stuff that you've done, the stuff that you shouldn't have done, that you got caught doing, it all, all of it is going to help you in the long run. Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ever seen that movie? Uh-uh. So uh, it won Best Picture probably like maybe like ten years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like it's this boy he's on the Indian equivalent of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, uh-huh. and they accuse him of cheating. Mm-hmm. So then they pull him out and they interviewing him and they asking him like all the questions like how he knew the answers to him, mm-hmm. and he's like going back in his memory oh. to like find out how he knew everything. Oh. So it was like you know. Mm-hmm. Who's on the uh, the face of this certain dollar bill? Mm-hmm. And like he goes back, he remembers this uh, this time where like he was in India, mm-hmm. and him and his boy was like he uh, they was like using the little outhouses or whatever. Uh-huh. His boy, uh, the dude, the famous dude came down in a helicopter, and then his his friend locked him in the outhouse. Mm-hmm. So he had to like the only way he could get out of the outhouse was to like drop down into the shit uh-huh. and then like swim out. Oh. And then like he got he dropped down to the shit, swam out, and then like ran up to the to the famous dude, and like obviously everybody moved because he smelled like shit, he was uh-huh. covered in shit. And then like when he finally got up to the rich dude, the rich dude gave him the dollar bill <laughs> with the dude's face on. So like that's how he knew who was on the face of the dollar bill. So it was like all these stories uh-huh. about how he knew the uh, answers. Uh, like, Mental rearticulation. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. like this is like Everything in your life, you're learning or mm-hmm. you're going through mm-hmm. it for a reason. I got to watch that. Yeah, check it out. It's good. It's in, uh, it's, it's in subtitles. Okay. I mean, you can fucking read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, real quick, because we've been rolling. We, we didn't have an hour and a half real quick. We don't mm-hmm. get out of here. Let's do this word association thing real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you don't have to. It's, it's a speed round, but don't feel like you have to. I, I just want a quick... Um, a quick synopsis of how you feel about these words that I'm going to throw out to you. All right? Mm-hmm. All right. Barack Obama. Uh, uh, in- integrity. Integrity? Integrity. Okay. Um, Kim Fox. Uh, on the chopping block. <laughs> Ooh. Um, Anita Alvarez. History. <laughs> uh, Jordan. Michael, or do it. That's my daughter. <laughs> okay. Or my middle name, or my my hero. There we go. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, Chicago Bulls on the chopping block. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, who not hurt on the Bulls right now? Everybody hurt. Um, the youth. Relevant. Relevant. I fucks with that. That's all I got for you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got for you. It uh, it's been amazing reminiscing with you. Yeah, yeah. And and reintroducing ourselves. Yeah. Because again, like sixteen years ago, bro. <laughs> I'm still getting used to the fact that I'm old enough to have things mm-hmm. that are like that old. Yeah. Like I can say I've done something for twenty years. Mm-hmm. I can say you know we went on that trip sixteen years I still ago. Got like, shoes. My my uh, leather browns, my dress shoes, yeah. I still get those. I still wear those. You can still fit those? Yes. That's yes. crazy. <laughs> I was mad when you posted those pictures. <laughs> um, 
That Dude, was, uh, we was kicking. We was kicking it so hard. In Spain with oh, the karaoke. Spain was crazy. The, the karaoke was crazy. The um the flamenco dancer. Oh yeah. When I got pulled up yeah. and dancing with girl, that shit was crazy. Um, the little club they had us in. We didn't uh, know what we was doing. We was yeah. down there on um, we was down there at the Hard Rock on uh, La Ramblas. Uh huh. And that we shit finally got some real food. Hell we took yeah. pictures of our food. Oh my god! <laughs> Listen, we was the first week. Master Chogan. The first oh, week we were in Italy, all we <laughs> ate was master chogan. <laughs> At that, at that temple, we at the uh, the monastery. Yeah, <laughs> and that um, none of us knew what it was like. Uh, was it mineral water they were saying? Oh yeah, they was drinking uh-huh. over there. I was like, uh-huh. what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> but um, yeah, kicking it hard. Um, we had little girlfriends on there, and Boy, uh, I got sick when I got home. I was so sick. I went straight to Taco Bell on that. Dude, I'll sleep step on the, on the balcony. With them, with that other delegation, oh, okay. last night, yeah, yeah, with with somebody, I ain't gonna say their name. Hilarious. When I got home, I was like, Pete, <laughs> my best friend, Mama told him not to come over there because I might have caught something. Oh, <laughs> <hilarious>. <laughs> over there, I had, I was shivering on the plane and Man, everything. I had. I- I had to clamp a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, that, all that dry rub, boy. <laughs> it was way too... We was young and dumb, boy. Dumb. Young and dumb. <laughs> oh, somebody, somebody said, you got to... You gotta go up on your toes and fall down hard <laughs> on your heels. I'm like, this is hurt more. Trent. You're right. Trent. You're right. Like, yo, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> oh man. Oh um, yeah, yeah. We was stupid. Uh, we was out there, but it was it was a great time. And then we we was out there like brothers for uh-huh. twenty eight days. Yeah, came back to the city, and it was like you know finish up the summer before you come back to before you start high, high school. school. Like yeah. it was like and then everything been flying by. It was a transformative since. summer. Like mm-hmm. that summer was crazy. Yep. Yeah, it's been flying by ever since. Yep. I remember I was just telling somebody, all I remember is when I got back, like, Bow Wow was the shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, before we left, there was no Bow Wow. Before we, we came left, back, and it we was left, like, we left Eminem. Yeah. Marshall Mathers. Yeah. Well, everybody, all the white, all the white ones, they was up in there throwing gangs. I was like, what? So you GD now? It fl- <laughs> slow down. <laughs> Please slow down. <laughs> like, you know not what you do. <laughs> Straight up. I'm like, dang. Uh, uh, shout out to Mike Litchfield. <laughs> Mike Litchfield. He was my first roommate. He, he's, and he had sister Ann. And he's a photographer now. Really? He's a real good photographer. Yeah. Yep. I seen Ann. I saw Ann at a... Um, it must. It was like my junior or my senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. We was both at the um, the Illinois Theater Festival at oh, really? ISU. Oh, really? We like walked past each other in the in the hall, and we right. was like, it was like, yeah. And we <laughs> talked for like not long, but yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I seen because I seen I seen I haven't seen Mike, but I, he's my favorite. I follow him. He's he's a. Uh, He's a real good guy. Jessica Nowicki, Sarah Spadoni, Spadoni, <laughs> uh, Tiffany Fisher, Tiffany Fisher, uh, Lauren Neely. Yep. I think she just got married. Christina uh, Torres. Chris, yep. 
Elijah, Elijah, uh, uh, what's her name? Elisa Jara. That's the other right, one. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Andrew. <laughs> Drew. Um, I <laughs> seen Drew. I've been trying to find him because there was yeah. two Drews, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. it was Drew, the, the one that thought he was, he was a comedian. Right, right, right. I think he was like a, a martial artist too. Maybe you know, and Tope sweet kicked him in the in the in the plaza. I seen him. He was working at uh, he was working at Ragstock mm-hmm. up on Belmont. Oh, really? Yeah, I seen him and we kicked it for a while. We reconnected real quick. Uh-huh. Um, Eric, the one who had the had the spike. Oh in yeah, he thought he was James Bond. Yeah, and he Eric thought he was could cool. sing. <laughs> Hilarious. I've been I've been looking for him. Till I forgot his name. And yeah, whoever old girl Lisa is, the I next. The mission. Hey yo, Matt, Matt got a family, but I'm out here. I'm out here, baby. You know what I'm saying? I got I got a little podcast. You know what I'm saying? I got listen, listen. Let's, yeah. let's just we need to reconnect. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have selfies back then. We get take a selfie now, man. I, my shit is probably bang. No. <laughs> we need to have a reunion, yeah. man. We need uh-huh. we need that 2000 Mediterranean trip reunion. Yeah. Man, the Mediterranean was cold. <sighs> we was on that boat. We, was on, we took a boat from somewhere to somewhere. La Spasa or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 That shit we was We was crazy. walking all through from all all from the Italian, the French Riviera to Italian Riviera to French yeah, Riviera. Yeah, eating pizza and crepes. Man. <laughs> that shit was crazy. And like what the chick that our tour guide named with the thong? Oh <laughs> yeah, and she called them boxes. Those are not boxes. That's dumb. <laughs> and then uh, I, I I feel like one of our uh, one of our leaders hooked up with our bus driver. Uh, 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 uh. The the short kind of the short big one with the curly black hair. Yeah, what was the bus driver's name? I feel like she hooked up The two guys' name was Maurizio and the Max. That was Max, the bus driver yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. And he was, man, he was whipping that bus through yo, the mountains. Yo. <laughs> yo, it was yeah. one spot that we had us. In nighttime, when we was, it was, when, when we was the chef, when I was the chef, where right, right. we was, and he had us on the mountaintop and we couldn't get out. My so man had to reverse <laughs> and then go back the other way. We just looking over the edge and shit. I'm like, yo, this can't be, this can't be safe. <laughs> Like we can't call yeah. it here in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, Max. Yep, bro. That shit was crazy. With the de- yeah, I'm trying to remember delegation leader names. So- Sonia Melcher. That was oh, one. That was one of the delegation leaders. I think you remember? So. Uh, I I stopped old girl from getting her, her wallet stole. Oh yeah. Yeah. That shit was crazy. They were so slick. Robbed, though. A couple folks get robbed in Barcelona. We walking. We walking down the street in Barcelona. And um, so it was two Sp- Spanish dudes, right? One dude was across the street, and then one dude was, like, walking behind us. Mm-hmm. And our delegate leader is walking. She got a purse, and she holding it by the strap and just walking, swinging <laughs> it. So, like, the actual purse part was, like, down by yep. her calves. Mm-hmm. Dude's homie across the street get to screaming and, like, waving his hands. <laughs> and then we all looking over there while his other boy is, like, on the side of the street like reaching down uh-huh. in the old girl's purse. I see him. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. Dude jumped up, ran across the street. Old girl was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Oh my God. All she, of my, everything was in she there. She respected the streets after that. Nigga, you know she bought me a, a, a Fanta. 
Save her fucking purse. I was about to say, Fanta, that's where they get hot. That's, we was that's there before they even knew. came over here. Nobody knew about Fanta. That's the last time I drank pop. I ain't drank pop. I don't drink pop. Yeah. But I was drinking Fanta's over there, grape and orange. Bro, I was going off <laughs> Fanta. They, they sent us, we, we was in France, and they sent us to the grocery store. And like, we uh-huh. all had like lists and like different stuff uh-huh. to get. And I was supposed to get, me and my partner supposed to get beverages. Yeah, I came back with four flavors of Fanta. They was like, we need some kind of bottled water or something. I was like, all right. I mean, I guess, but have you had this Fanta shit? Like, was that when you stayed with the family? It was after that. Uh, I, I, now that I think I did stay with Tope, me and him stayed with the family together. Okay. And that's why, I, I, like I said, I bowled, I, bowled a two, I bowled a 291 on the oh, <laughs> when we were bowling. I stayed with um, the other Drew, okay. like the tall, skinny yeah. one. We called him Boy Wonder. What, was he? Who, was he black? No, he was white. Who's the tall, <laughs> the tall, black dude? Skinny as he was. He was like <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> if, he was, if he wasn't with us, then yeah. I was like, bro, you not, you not. Then it was the, the two. The team. Then it was the two dudes. The two one of the one of the dudes looked like a grown man. It was another black dude. He like a grown man. And but I but it was another one that was crying. He kept he was homesick. He was crying and stuff. I'm like, damn, bro. I don't, I don't remember these. Days. You ain't thinking how long you th- you thought he was coming straight back, right? Like, what the fuck you I thought was, this was? I didn't care nothing, boy. My mama was so mad. I was supposed to call her when I got there. She ended up calling me at the second hotel. Hilarious. <laughs> I called my mama. I called her. Um, I called her when I ran out of money. <laughs> and I was like, yo, she was like, you're going to have to make it work. I was like, all right. All right, I'll make it work. But yeah, that shit was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah I got to get back over there. I gotta yeah, definitely. Now, now, Man. That, now that I know. Well, it's been amazing. Yes, sir. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, I wish you the best of luck. Continue on with the fight. Most definitely. I'm rooting for you. I'm going to get more involved. I'm, I'm <laughs> fucked up. I'm, I'm, I'm bogus for that. I, I, I tell you, but um, yeah, man, um, I'm proud of you. I'm glad I know you. Yeah. And um, thanks for coming on the Rojo Show. I appreciate it. This has been episode 38. As always, you know you can catch me on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, all questions, you can hit me up at Show at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at Rojo. You want to plug your social media? Uh, don't have much, but you can hit me up at uh, Matthew Ross on Facebook. That's Matthew like the in the Bible. <laughs> Ross R O S S on uh, on Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Lib Soul Move L I B S and Boy S O U L Move uh, on Instagram. That's right. And you can, if anything, you can get on Facebook and search the hashtag Free, Free Your Soul. soul. <laughs> and um, as always, this is the Rojo Show. And if you're not sharing, you're not a fan. Get at me. One.